Welcome to the December 2019 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. Hello and welcome. I am Annie, sound engineer, host, and in this book I am Aunt Bryony, which I think is how you pronounce it. I'm stubborn, but willing to save the day. <laughs> awesome. I'm Britt, and in this book, I am that one plant that only blooms like once ever. The orchid. <laughs> the orchid. Layla sacrifice. Yes, and it's just chilling behind glass the rest of the time. Like, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm Amanda, and I'm the puff because I could not get a boy to come near me in high school. <laughs> oh, cute. Also, welcome back, Amanda. Yay. Thank you. Yay. Three voices are stronger than two. <laughs> all right. We always start with our amuse-bouche, which gives us a bite, a mouthful of what we're going to go over. Today's amuse-bouche is Mimosa lives with her mother in what is basically a secret garden, a love which is paradise, filled with almost all the plants in the world except for the very rare. Mimosa and her mother make love potions, very difficult concoctions based off an individual's scent print as a way to get people to fall in love or at least open the door. Mimosa has finally convinced her mom, sort of, to allow her to go to high school, which of course interferes in her love, which duty in every way possible, including the threat of love, which could render her nose the tool of her trade useless. An adorable book from Bay Area author Stacy Lee. Cool. Did I cover everything? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. so yeah. uh. Okay, now is our other cover take where we ask our significant others to tell us what they think the book is about just by looking at the cover i asked jamile and he is he's very to the point these days he said <laughs> <laughs> secret of a heart shaped note and i tried to ask for more he's like that's it <laughs> garrett said uh looks like a cheesy romance maybe he also mentioned a heart shaped note maybe it's about like a girl and guy who are BFFs and she's like looking for love in all the wrong places and he sticks by her side and then one day she realizes the error of her ways and <laughs> her true love has been under her nose all along. <laughs> so the friends her to lovers kind of trope. Scented nose. Like, <laughs> yes. Super smelling nose. Yeah. Yes. She didn't even smell it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's immune. He's very detailed. Yeah. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> Bill actually got it a little bit close to it. In that he said, I think it's about a diary that goes missing and causes Ooh. trouble. How did wow. you get that? He said, but he thought it was the main character's diary. I, get, I don't know, maybe like a secret note and something. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, I think Phil wins this round. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we, should, we should keep score. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a reminder, all the food we discuss is from the book, if I can find it. So far, our appetizer is the Never Did Dorito. At one point in the book, Mimosa or Mim says that she's never had Doritos because she's not allowed to eat salty snacks. Her nose is so strong, she can't eat or do certain things, and salt specifically is too strong, so she can't have any salty snacks. With that said, what did you think of the premise? Did the setup work for you about this, like, love witch with this strong nose? And I liked it. I thought it was sort of a unique take on a romance or witches or whatever that they use their scents 
and I learned a lot of like new adjectives <laughs> for <laughs> a sense that I didn't know before. So, you know, true. cool. I liked it because it um, had more of a magical realism feel than a strict fantasy feel. I didn't feel like this could be like a hidden part of our world already and not a completely different world, which I thought was kind of an interesting setup. I was trying to think when the last time I'd read a book about love witches specifically. I know that that's a thing, but I like... I saw a movie called The Love Witch <laughs> in oh. the 60s. It's uh, very hipster, very modern, very good makeup. <laughs> Did that come out recently? Yeah, in like the last couple of years. It's a, it's billed as a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie because like there's no gore on screen or whatever oh i'll have to check it out it's great you'd like you would like it a lot okay yeah cool there was one book that we read i can picture the cover (laughs) the girl who like washes up from the river Oh, it wasn't her sister. that's right. The, the one with the pumpkins. Yeah, I the pumpkins. <laughs> there were so many freaking pumpkins. Yeah. Her sister was a love witch. Something right? about or... the moon. You're right. There was a love witch, but she was feared. I mean, I guess they are kind of feared in this book, but not in the same way yeah. as that when one. When the moon was ours? Yes. yes. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. I was like, this is a theme. I just couldn't remember what yeah. the most that was recent a while one. Ago, though. Yeah. I that one. We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I actually read the book three times, which I know is more than what I usually do. I got an arc from Jenny like years ago before it even came out because she knew I had loved the other Stacey Lee books. So I'm Under a Painted Moon, which I do, or Painted Sky. Under Painted Sky, Outrun, Outrun the Moon. moon. Outrun yeah. the Moon, thank you. Both of those are really good. Yeah. I, I just started The Downstairs Girl. Oh, too, yeah. Which is her newer one. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. Okay, cool. I mean, I Under Painted Skies has, like, all of my favorite things in it, especially the dressing as a man. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> um, but this one was, like, diff- you know, it's not historical. It's contemporary. And I think the first time I read it, I was confused about all of the choices that the main character was making. I was like, that's a terrible choice. Why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And I was just, like, mad at her. But when... The what I recently did was listen to the audiobook and somehow the audiobook like because you're more in the character's mind or like voice it made more sense and so I was like okay this is just someone in high school like not quite figuring it out <laughs> yeah especially you know when your parent is not giving you room to figure out who you are right it's just like you're this focus on this and she's like but I want to go to school I want to take calculus or whatever and the mom's like no it's <laughs> like that's interesting don't really see that very much in YA yeah because a lot of YA would be solved if they would just talk to their parents of course they would but, but like that's yeah not how teenagers work <laughs> well yeah and especially if the parent is so controlling yeah as I think the mom in this one was do you think the mom's the bad guy kind of yes I, yeah. I think there was no place of refuge for the main character she had to take everything on herself because if she turned to somebody for help all of her choices would be taken away from her yeah yeah and everybody fucks up but it just seems like if you're afraid to like tell your parents that you made a mistake like I feel like there's something wrong there mm-hmm. that right. is also what I thought I, I think that was the thing I was having trouble with I was like why not just talk to your mom you yeah. know and but now yes she can't because of this like controlling environment yeah um, that makes sense our other appetizer is the bad dad I'm sorry pancakes <laughs> <laughs> her eventual love interest and what is his name i can't remember anyway yes 
which is it's such a rich white guy yes. <laughs> his dad his parents are divorced and his dad is kind of a lame dad and at one point the dad was supposed to take his sister out to breakfast or not breakfast dinner birthday dinner and he doesn't he just like doesn't show up and so the next morning he comes up and he's like i'm sorry let's go to pancakes and i just thought that was like a funny i'm sorry is mm-hmm. like oh pancakes will make it better i mean pancakes make a lot of things better but they're not <laughs> gonna fix your family no. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing i brought up here is the imperfect but functional families they felt really real to me like mm-hmm. nothing was perfect they were but they still worked you know they still like were families they weren't completely defunct like mimosa's mom and aunt and their estranged relationship we just mentioned the divorce say family love in this book is kind of imperfect um mm-hmm. yeah. as it's depicted which i thought was very real yeah yeah are there any of those relationships you want to talk about i was struck by the relationship between um the main character and her best friend I could see that her best friend didn't like a choice she made, but I felt like the abandonment from the best friend was like super uber harsh. And it's not something I'm used to seeing in YA books. Usually the friend's the one that sticks it through or whatever, but that was the odd imperfect love I was feeling there. I felt like they had to do that so she could be like so alone and desperate she would call her aunt. Mm. That's true. I mean, it definitely works in the sort of parabola plot kind of we are up and we're down and we have to get to these places yeah the relationship between mimosa and her mom or at least it reminded me of oh what's the book it's the same author who wrote the sun is also a star nicola yoon but it's the one she wrote before that about the girl who can't leave her house because she's allergic to everything oh my god why is it? <laughs> wait you've brought this up before i but i haven't read it yeah, uh, I don't think I have it's escaping me okay I'll have to Google it. But it's just like where the mom is like super controlling and it's just like, I know what's best for you. And then it turns out like a lot of, you know, her quote unquote like problems are like imposed on her by her mother. So it's like giving you these problems so that I have something to protect you from kind of thing. Mm. That Um, was a Netflix movie. Yes. yes, I definitely saw that. (laughs) It was like Bubble Boy, but like reversed. Yes. Yes. With the... um, my brains. I didn't have any coffee today, you guys. <laughs> you can. I'll, I'll Google. That was a cute movie. Yeah. Every. Every. Everything. Everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. That's scary. I don't like evil moms. I, I mean, mainly because my relationship with my mom is strained. We're doing better these days, but like, I don't like it. I'm so used to dead moms in YA that uh, yeah, even when they true. put an appearance, I'm like, well. <laughs> better than nothing i guess but there's an actual like psychological condition i forgot what it's called but it's like something syndrome by proxy where like yes yes where like a parent like invents symptoms and stuff that their kid or whatever somebody who's in their care has and like all these unnecessary surgeries and doctor's visits and blah 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 like either for attention or for sympathy or whatever but it's pretty terrifying so oh, i don't think this terrifying. was to that extreme but yeah kind of though like a little bit along the same lines right saying yeah. oh you can't do this like i know what's best for you i'll take care of you like the mom did you she don't need genuinely <laughs> not know that the whole you can't fall in love or you won't be a love witch anymore i th- i got the sense that she actually believed that that it wasn't something she was making up to keep the daughter in line. 
I thought that too, but then when, but then the sister, I mean, then we get more information about when the sister comes back. I thought, I think she did believe that, but I think she was in denial of like the relationship between her parents. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was convenient for her to view it that way. Yes. So she never interrogated it. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Cause I think after she felt abandoned by her sister, she totally isolated herself, like getting the sperm donor. Like I was like, no people at all. Like Mm -hmm. I'm only going to have these client experiences, which are clinical and prescribed and not messy quote unquote you know and even having a kid was like that for her it's like oh we have to continue the line of love witches so let me just do this in the most like impersonal you know way possible not that like it's not a valid way to have a baby but like her attitude about it was just very like oh I need to have a daughter to like carry on the line so here's what I'm gonna do yeah like her daughter was a tool (laughs) right yeah which I think she even commented on saying if this is broken, am I worth anything anymore to you? Mm, yes. Yeah. That yes. Was yeah. One of the lines. Yeah. I, I don't know. That stuff makes me uncomfortable, which is maybe the point. Like that's kind of the villain. Like there's not mm-hmm. a lot, there's a little bit of bad guys in the high school, but there's not a lot of like really bad things that well, there's happen. The, t- the mean girl. There's the mean girl. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when parents like decide your fate for you, like yeah. f- in any way. Right. And one of the ones that just like keeps coming up for me is this whole concept of like law school. Like I, people to this day keep telling me like I need to do this, and it's because of my parents. Or Annie, don't go to law school. I know. I'm no Annie. <laughs> Annie, Annie, don't do it. Don't go to law school, Annie. <laughs> I mean, I understand this, but people will just like keep. I'll be your it sponsor out. if you're at three in the morning filling out law school applications. Just please, just call me. I'm here for you. Oh my God. <laughs> so many people see kids as like an extension of themselves right rather than their own people with their own hopes and dreams and personalities yeah well it's a chance it's a do-over right yeah is that i was just like that's not why you should have a kid no it isn't (laughs) and they're more of a reflection right they're not it's more of like they reflect back to you like both the good and bad things that you embody as Mm -hmm. a person like they're going to have both those traits and reflect that back to you like you better be ready for that right (laughs) Our main course are poached eggs and banana scones. So they do eat decently. I'm upset when I was listening to the book for the third time. I was upset thinking about, like, what do they season things with? They can't (laughs) use salt. (laughs) Because I grew up in a family, like, that didn't season shit because my mother, I mean, we're white, but also (laughs) my mother was afraid of health consequences from the salt like her father had a heart attack and then my dad ended up having really bad cholesterol so there was a lot of stuff that we just like There's ate that had ways to no season flavor. things without salt though but it just like brought me back into like that steamed broccoli like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like what just are you eating like a weightlifter oh <laughs> god i thought i didn't like food or like <laughs> like food for a long time but yeah, so I was wondering about like the poached eggs and banana scones. The banana scones sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this you said the parabola plot. There's like a series of mishaps. There's the wrong person who's dosed. Then the puffs don't work. There's the balance of the homework versus the work at home. And then there's like the web of little white lies. And I don't know. What, what did you think? I think it was a little bit paint by the numbers, the plot. But I think that's okay because she had an interesting premise. And she did a lot of character work. You know, like she, it was not a cardboard cutout. Like I definitely had a sense of all the characters as people. And to me, by the numbers plot is forgivable because that's what people like. That's what humans like. That's how our storytelling has evolved to want sort of these things. 
So if you have other things that focus more deeply, that doesn't bother me. Can you say a little bit more about that when you say by the numbers? Like, is this a specific type of plot? Yes, like it has, writers call it like the save the cat beat sheet. You know, you have to have the introduction. You have to have the introduction of conflict. The character has to make a decision to do something about the conflict. Now the antagonist has to come in at this point. It's really like plotted out to like percentages. That this needs to happen at 20%. This needs to happen at 33%. This, it totally hit the Save the Cat Beach Sheet plot line. Hmm. Ah, that's interesting. I've read that book for script writing. Yeah, that's where it came from. It oh, came from movie okay. scripts. And I was telling Britt, to me, this felt like less like a book than like a pitch to Netflix. Uh, I felt like this would be like this. That's what this was made for. This would be very beautiful visually, like the fields would. of flowers. And like it would hit all those perfect cinematic moments that make people go, oh. Yeah, I'd watch it. I would totally watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Especially the football scene. Or I guess soccer. (laughs) What about you, Britt? Did you like it? Yeah, I mean, there's always the thing that can just be solved if people talk to each other. (laughs) But I mean, that's so, that's typical in like any work of fiction I think like books movies tv shows like there's always like the misunderstanding that's like a plot device like with the mom and her sister like they didn't speak for years and years and years and the sister's just like yeah no my nose grew back like three days later no big deal (laughs) 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 not my nose you know what I mean (laughs) my scent sense of smell she doesn't lose her actual physical (laughs) nose she loses the ability to smell the things Yeah. yeah I did like that the sister was kind of like the mom, though, because she contacted her once and then she did it again. And when the mom didn't write her back, she's like, OK, well, fine, then <laughs> Like, yeah. I just won't talk to my twin anymore. Yeah. It definitely had that stubbornness, familial feel, you know? Yeah. Yes. Siblings mm-hmm. do do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was giving me anxiety, like <laughs> like the fact that they weren't, especially the first time, like the fact that they weren't talking to each other. I think since I knew the plot this time, I was like, okay, we're going to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. But if the first time I was like, what the hell is going on? Why are all these people just like not communicating? And I mean, my goal these days is to like communicate better. It's one of the things I've been trying to do and it is does help problem solve. So I was like, ah, this is so frustrating. But there's some like innate human inability to actually talk about things. I don't know why we struggle so hard. (laughs) Yeah, that's real. It's like what is like it's easier, quote unquote, to like not talk about it, but then like that makes the wound fester, right? You know, that makes the resentment between the sib- the twins grow stronger. Like, or you make an assumption about what the other person is thinking, and then it just snowballs. And mm-hmm. yeah, feels like taking a stand, maybe, especially between the twins. Like, I am honoring our family and traditions, and you aren't. So mm. it's not just like we had a disagreement. It's like you're rejecting everything about our history. That's interesting. There, that does happen in families too, especially like in really traditional families, or like in my family with my religion you know my parents definitely feel like they've got my mom even said she felt like she'd failed as a mother because I didn't go to church you know at one point and I was like there there are other things we could critique besides the fact that I don't go to church (laughs) I thought it was especially telling because like they don't go to church anymore you know it's like church is I don't know it's hard something that I have left but uh yeah it it's interesting like these traditions 
like just because we've been doing it the same way for all these years doesn't mean we can't do it differently right and just even assuming I think that's sort of arrogant to assume that people 300 years ago like wouldn't have tried something new if it was available to them that's a really good point right they did it because they had the resources they had at the time or like the structure they had at the time but if they'd had other resources would they have tried something different I wonder yeah but I mean to think about it from the mom's point of view like you know the sister lost her gift or whatever the daughter is like rebelling and trying to like go to school and like not focus on being a love witch so she's probably like the fate of the world rests on me I am the only (laughs) love witch who is like committed to like doing the shit so like I must stick to the rules and the plan hmm now that you said do you say that again I'm thinking more about like she really just wrote her sister off yeah (laughs) was like like yeah you can't smell screw you you're not useful that's so dark Mm -hmm. And very, like, a really strong stance, like, no bending. Well, I know that the mom had a love interest, right? Yeah. She pushed away because her mother put her foot down about it, but then her sister didn't, like, support her with her love interest, and then she ran off with her. So I I could see an extra letter level of, like, a little bit bitter about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's a good point. There's a lot that comes out at the end of this book. See, that's what yeah. I mean. Like the characterization of this is very multi-layered. Yeah, and I think everything comes from a really honest place. They feel like real people. Yeah, like there's a lot going on, but it doesn't feel like all over the place. It's not like this happened and this happened and this mm-hmm. happened. Like it all comes back together and like ties in. It's like well, it's like families. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> we have like a long time together, so lots of stuff will happen that will influence various things, but it's not all happening at once. I think Stacey Lee is just really good at character yeah yeah Yeah. it is worth it for that and there's a larger cast in this book too and they are all very real Mm -hmm. the other main course i have here is seven spice soup which the aunt makes her when she shows up and immediately puts her to sleep (laughs) (laughs) the world we touched a little bit about this i think but anyway the world is interlaced with scents everywhere and like the description is chock-a-block full of mm-hmm. all of these scents and i pulled out a couple that i really liked the annoyed smells of molded lemons <laughs> <laughs> and uh the putrid milk scent of jealousy i think that's a that's so visceral for me yeah. you know what, what's that term for people who like they they can smell color or something you know what i'm talking about the dis oh it's when their so, senses syna- are synesthesia synesthesia yeah. Yeah, yeah like reading this felt like trying to get my head around synesthesia yeah when we first started you said you weren't much of a uh what did you say i don't like descriptions of food in books like in game of thrones where they have like the feast scene where they tell you that they have oh they have roast pig and then they have these kind of vegetables i'm like i don't care do something (laughs) like it's never been a thing that i am enchanted by that kind of you know set dressing a little bit and this she sort of made this set dressing a central plot point but yeah I didn't know what half those plants were I hadn't heard of them I couldn't imagine how to smell them she wasn't doing a great job of like she's like well it smells like disappointment I'm like but I don't know what that means you know mm. and I I think some people would I think the synesthesia thing like a lot of people would be able to identify with that but I just couldn't set dressing that's so fascinating you never read any of the red wall did you no okay what about you, Britt? Did you ever read any of those books? No. The food is like 
part the some of the best part of the story in my opinion and i was obsessed as a kid <laughs> i wanted all of the feasts and all of the snacks and there were specific i read a bunch of them but there was like specific ones i kept going back to because the food was so good <laughs> but it also makes me hungry yeah <laughs> <laughs> i definitely was reading i can't remember which one i was reading or what i oh i was reading um reading this book about Josephine Baker right now and they were describing like a feast and I had to stop and eat because I was like, <laughs> I can't keep going right now. It made me think of like, I mean, in real life, scents are often tied to like specific memories. So I thought it was interesting that like in this book, she tied different like emotions to different smells. Mm. I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting concept, I thought. It really worked for me. I thought it was, I liked it a lot, but I, I also. much research you had to do on like plants oh and my gosh. You know, herbs and whatever. Well, she mentioned the botanical gardens. Is she talking about the one that's in Golden Gate Park? I think so. Oh, okay. So maybe she had a lot of mm-hmm. <laughs> sniffing research in there. Now I'm imagining that she went sniffed research. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, the emotions and like how. Yeah, the pu- especially like that putrid milk sense of jealousy. Like I know how jealousy makes me feel. I would never have used that for myself, but now that I've read it, I'm like, oh, that is that stomach curdling. Mm. Like, oh. But with, like the blueberries of nervousness, did that do it for you? Like, or whatever it was, <laughs> or maybe it was disappointment. I don't know. She was afraid her mom would be able to smell the blueberry on her. Yeah. yeah. Deception. Or the what was the butterscotch was the crush, right? In being in love, I think. Yeah. It's the scent of being in love. I don't know. It's not all of... The, some of them hit. Some of them didn't, of course. Like, But I just thought it it did give a lot of fodder to like how to write the scenes differently mm-hmm. and use different words and different... And I did like the, in the introduction of all the different plants. The Layla's Sacrifice, I looked up <laughs> afterwards because I like wanted to see what that orchid looked like i'm mm-hmm. also like slightly obsessed with orchids but i couldn't find it i think some of them she made up yeah I would, I would think that they weren't all real but i don't know <laughs> i don't know shit about plants so yeah but you know. are the plant <laughs> but i am the plant <laughs> oh man total side story but um you play you played D. have you played D? no or any role playing not really <clears throat> someone i'm following on twitter was saying that their like dungeon master partner won't let them be a plant (laughs) (laughs) and like are we talking about like swamp thing walking no i think like just a plant like chilling being like just (laughs) just making commentary and someone was like you should just be a plant that just responds with i am groot and i thought that was really funny (laughs) good plant emits gas (laughs) (laughs) that's its only move in combat (laughs) i love that I think I said this way. Oh, I also thought it's an interesting way to suss out the truth. You said her mom was worried she would smell them on her. And I'm like, how do you lie to your mother when she can smell it on you? It's, it's so scary. <laughs> I'm terrified. I'm not encouraging people to lie to their mothers, but we've all done it. <laughs> varying levels of success. <laughs> right? Mine could usually catch me. Maybe she could smell it in a sense that we didn't know about. You, she could usually catch you? Mm, yeah. I don't think my mom, my mom really was not good at telling when I was, either I'm a very accomplished liar or like she just really did not have any idea. I didn't really lie to my mom, but I think, I think I probably told this story before, but there like the one time 
that I lied and said I was going to go like see a movie with friends, but I snuck off to my girlfriend's house to make out. <laughs> I like researched this movie so that I was like ready for any <laughs> question she would ask me about the movie. I knew like the plot, like the runtime, the runtime. So I could like time my visit and be back in time. Like it was, I was so nervous. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not the nerds prep of life. Yes. <laughs> I studied for my life. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, one of the, podcast i really like is called risk it's a storytelling podcast with a lot of comedians one of them was this guy the first time he had sex it was similar plot like they had the friend pick them up they were gonna go to the movie and they like drove out to the woods and got a tent and like all this (laughs) stuff and then the when they got back to like the girl's parents house he like started freaking out because there was mud all over his shoes and he was like oh my god they know (laughs) his friend like saw that he was freaking out so to distract him called his dad he like said hey asshole to her dad who then like punched him oh my god oh my god right so like the sacrifice of the friend they like they both thanked him the true layla sacrifice Oh yeah, this is the side dish which I brought up, but I'll just mention briefly because I care about it. I don't know if anyone who's listening has been following this whole hoopla about American Dirt, which is this novel that came out, was on Oprah's book club and all this stuff. Turns out it's like, it's about the kind of refugee experience coming up through Mexico, crossing the U.S. border. And of course, it's written by a white lady. She now identifies as Puerto Rican, but up until two years ago, was identifying as a white woman. And part of the advertising for the book included the fact that her husband was undocumented, come to find out he was Irish. So just like the the caucasity of (laughs) the publishing industry to promote this like novel. And I think that goes to the own voices thing a lot. Just like you can write whatever story you want but if you if you write someone else's story you should be ready for some critique (laughs) that's especially the case and i'm guessing it was supposed to be a contemporary not fantasy world yeah like not sci-fi for 100 years in the future she was just like this is how it is now yeah in our current policies yes 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 exactly like okay yeah that seems extra bad yeah that's pretty disingenuous because i mean if you say undocumented like people know people have a certain idea of like what that means coded language for brown yeah (laughs) we're not talking about irish immigrants like come on now (laughs) yeah i it makes me think uh about work actually we you know i do am a grant maker i grant money to artists to do work and every other year we do literary rounds and last year we had two different authors who wanted to write about immigrant experience or the refugee experience coming from Central America up into the U.S. And one of them was a man, I think, born and partially lived and raised and has crossed the border multiple times. I think it was El Salvador. It was either El Salvador or Nicaragua. And the other one was a white woman who's just been a journalist. And so she's been covering the situation, the ongoing situation. But she isn't a person who's experienced that herself. And it's just like, in my mind, like, whose story do you want to read? Right. Like, I want to read the story about the person who's actually experiencing that. Also, that means that money goes like in the grant making world. It means that money goes to the person who has had less, who's been less privileged, who maybe, you know, could use this grant money to their advantage. And it also like looks good on paper for grant makers um, rather than the white woman who's had this career in journalism and like 
I don't know. I, when I think about that, I'm like, I want to hear the stories from the people who experience them. I do like appreciate journalistic stories, though. I think it is like a good thing <laughs> to have people out gathering information and about things, you know. I like journalism, but more and more I've been thinking about, I guess journalism, I understand if it's like in another language that I can't, I, you know, I read English. I don't read, you know, Arabic or something, but I also think there's no reason why there aren't journalists who do that we could translate. I don't know. I'm trying to, I've been uh, wrestling with this. I do want to make sure, I feel like in this country we have limited who gets to tell the story and it's usually white people. And I think that hasn't served us particularly well looking at the current political situation. I think we need to like let other people tell their stories. Okay, I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> All right, for dessert, we have I Loved You Baked Goods, cake and Savannah pie. I also looked up Savannah pie and I couldn't find a recipe. I don't know. It's probably just like a custard pie. A southern pie. I'm guessing. <laughs> like, yeah, but um, pie. the divorcee, the divorcee whose name I can't remember, the mother... Alice? Alice, yeah. yes. She, when she gets a crush, starts baking, yeah. which I thought was really funny. Like, at one point, she says she was trying to make something and then she ends up making cookies, or like she started with one thing and ended mm-hmm. up with baked goods, <laughs> which I thought was cute. But there's this is, I just want to talk about like the different versions of love in this book. We have familial love, we have high school love, we have queer love, we also have love later in life. We kind of get a pretty good you know variety yeah. oh blueberries is heartache oh heartache. by the way oh, <laughs> oh good job <laughs> I, yeah how did those descriptions work for you did, did they seem real did you buy it yeah i mean i think so because i mean when i you know first look at the book cover and read the description i'm like okay it's like a romance blah 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 so i wasn't expecting like the different levels of different types of love so yeah that was a nice way to explore it and not just have it be focused on like the girl and the guy kind of thing yeah I definitely felt like her relationship with her mother was more important than the relationship yeah. with the boy and I felt her relationship with her best friend weighed on her mind just as much as it yeah. did with the boy which was nice and he was like a good boy I didn't have any problems with this YA boy like he's, a good boy. <laughs> he's a good boy he's a good boy <laughs> he's not an injectionable uh YA love interest so that was nice there was a quote that I highlighted it said Maybe this is the problem with having so few people in my life. The ones I have count more than they should. Ooh. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Deep. There's another quote, completely unrelated. I just thought it was funny. He has one of those Count Dracula hairlines that, like the economy, is one day headed for a recession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. There are some really good lines. <laughs> what did you find not objectionable about him, like, compared to other... I mean, I've, I think I understand what you're saying, but I'm curious was not superficial he didn't act any differently around her you know that's usually the way it is with this like kooky girl who lives outside society's norms like the boy will like her but then he'll like have to sort of push her away in front of a tough guy in front of his friends he seemed to have no fucks about his image which i thought was great he knew what he wanted like he didn't want to be in a relationship with this girl anymore like i don't know he didn't seem to bend and bow to pressure and he seemed gentle and supportive with her and he also really cared about his mom, like, which is yeah. why he was upset when she's like, uh, wrong potion, wrong person or whatever, you know, because he's like, you know, these are like real people's lives that you're fucking with, like, including my mom. Mm-hmm. She deserves to be happy. It's like, oh, yeah, stick up for your mom. 
Yeah, that was interesting. Like, he wanted her to be happy, and so did the sister, but they both were, like, upset with uh, Mimosa for different reasons, right? He thought that she could, like, the relationship could never happen, so why would you, like, this is a really travesty, we must fix it. And then the sister was like, oh, he's just wrong for her. And then Mm -hmm. she flips and decides that it's okay because they see how happy she is and the relationship actually works. What about that? Like, you know, she was incorrectly dosed, but the relationship kind of worked out. Well, they they sort of say they they uh, she emphasizes the fact that she's not roofing anybody. Like, she's not, like, (laughs) making people fall in love against their will. She only provides, like the possibility for a connection and so I think then that sort of them. plays because he asked for a connection with this one lady but it doesn't mean that a connection with the other lady wouldn't work yeah I think we get two examples I think we get the like star-crossed lovers like the sister who just like happens to fall in love with the boat captain like that you know <laughs> and then we also get like the fact that other people don't have like one love like the older people you know maybe had already had a love but now mm-hmm. they're older and they are looking for another love just the the i think a lot of you know romance in particular is like oh you only have this one love and this is the one for you there's only mm-hmm. one and i just like don't buy that at all personally and i liked that this book kind of went against that i also liked that the librarian got to be married to her academic research which go girl <laughs> <laughs> you moved to oxford <laughs> be happy with your medieval times that's what I would love and like I know Frozen is like super overrated but I mean I love that like you know an act of true love was like a woman and her sister it wasn't like Mm -hmm. you know true love's kiss with like a random guy I was like that's nice you know there's other forms of love Mm -hmm. yeah and being completely tied to like one person who's supposed to fulfill every aspect for you and your like partner you know, that's just not realistic. I think a lot, I think there's a lot of toxic relationships out there that are built on that premise that just like don't allow room for change or like realization that there's other ways to get those needs met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drinks. I have spiked Starbucks to your point, <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> she doses the Starbucks, which should, instead of going to the librarian, goes to Alice. And we talked, we brought this up a little bit, but I found this very Bay Area. There's the botanical garden, there's the microclimates, there's the fancy high school where football is soccer. (laughs) (laughs) The placemaking felt very real to me. I think that's the thing that I first really loved about it. Yeah, it did. It felt very specific, which I appreciated. It just seemed like she thought about everything a lot. She seems like a very thoughtful author. Yeah. I think, is she from the Bay Area? Palo Alto, I think. Yeah, because I know she lives around here. I think she's born and raised. But yeah, like riding the train up to the city, Yeah, how long that was going to take her. She's going to bike to the train station. I was just like, that's... You can kind of tell like when somebody like knows the city really well when they're writing about it and definitely when they don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and this, yeah, it just felt like authentic, I guess, like the setting. It really did. There was that other one in, set in San Francisco that has the heart. I, it's not I love. Oh, an- anatomy. Yes. Yeah. Anatomy of the Heart. Is it or something? Or is it when the girl is like the wanting graffiti? to be a medical artist? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That Anatomy one I had issues heart. with the depiction of San Francisco in. Although there was some stuff that was some real. Stuff. Yeah. I was like, 
I can't remember. I think it was like getting from one side of the city to the other in like 15 minutes. She felt minutes. like an Outer Avenues girl. Yeah. <laughs> Which is me. I never ever go. I'm like, when I go to downtown, I'm like, wow, San Francisco, like with the noir. Like, it feels so different. It doesn't feel like where I live at all. <laughs> the Maltese Falcon. Like, <laughs> oh, I just watched this really incredible noir actually set in the Bay Area and has scenes in San Francisco and Tahoe. Out of the past recommend Ooh, cool. it was made in the 50s i think i'll definitely check that out jamal really loves noir he loves talking gangster voice <laughs> he's like blah see he's like his favorite go-to voice i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> i think that's all i had to bring up i mean i have a couple other notes i like that it's not tally what is her best friend's name is it tally oh um tani i can't remember but she calls like high school girls nasty squirrels <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. And then the divorcee like carries her ukulele everywhere. And like they know she's sad because she always plays the same sad song every night of the ukulele. I'm like, oh my God, that would drive me crazy. (laughs) But I thought that was a funny character piece. There's also like some chicken friends on the farm, which I thought was really cute. And then one of my favorite random things in books are silly swears. Callie. Callie. And at one point, she uses a couple, but at one point she goes, oh, shallot. And I thought that was really cute. <laughs> there was another one that was like, I didn't give a fig about whatever or something. I was just like, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, when I was in grad school, like some of my friends came up with some funny like things to say because you know teachers can't swear in front of kids <laughs> um some like funny things say. <laughs> <laughs> not that it doesn't happen i have a funny story about a co-worker who accidentally said cut the shit to <laughs> one of her students <laughs> anyway yeah so i had some friends who came up with like some creative ways to like catch yourself like i think my favorite was oceanography <laughs> 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 very specific study (laughs) oh man that's everything i wanted to say about that oh there's the coming out rap which i do think would be very funny on screen Mm -hmm. but also was like a little stilted in my mind but i don't know maybe just probably not as bad as as i was telling Britt, the new sabrina where she raps the entirety of it's tricky oh and yeah you should be especially upset by this (laughs) the entire song yeah like she's in a cheerleading routine and like karen and shipka just is Rapping, it's tricky um, with her pom pom. Oh my like, god, it's ridiculous! Wow. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I might have to just look it up. It's it's so funny. My uh, my aunt is uh, on strike right now. She's a nurse at Swedish Hospital up in Seattle, and they are on strike. Well, I think the strike happened. It's pretty messed up. The strike was for three days, and they brought in contract nurses who worked for five days knowing that the strike was only three days so they got locked out the last two days which is like an intimidation tactic against Mm -hmm. workers so i'm glad they have a union solidarity that's messed up and not okay but she was saying at the rally they were playing it's tricky at one point so even the trickies (laughs) in group chat share it's tricky (laughs) anatomical shape of a heart that's right sorry the a is first yeah. What about you two? You want to say anything else? Last words. Another just random quote that I thought was funny. The the mean girl when she like reveals that she stole the best friend's poetry journal or whatever and I don't know if it was Mimosa or somebody said like blackmail is illegal and then she and then the mean girl goes, You mean black female? <laughs> what? <laughs> like hinting that she's gay, but <laughs> I was just <laughs> like Um And you're like, Can you like go through your thought process <laughs> to where you got to that like 
thing you thought was clever. <laughs> <laughs> like that should have stayed in drafts. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that it's a book that if you are not a contemporary reader, that you could still give a chance to. Yeah, that's true. There was way more in it than I thought when I first picked it up. It's pretty robust. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we will see you next month. Are you going to say it? What? Book appetite. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> well, we have Amanda back oh, now. Oh, Amanda now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wants to say it is not going to be me. <laughs> Book appetite. <laughs> <laughs>